1: This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, thanks for coming to Civilized Barking. Um, Not much joy in Brownsville, 5-5. Flattened, flatlined, everything else. God, that was embarrassing. In Foxboro over the weekend, um, they're not out of it. They're in fourth place, but they're not out of it. Frankly, they've played fourth place football since the start of October, Uh, but here come the lions who haven't won a game and might not win a game. And then comes the super bowl in Baltimore. Uh, it can't be any worse than last weekend. So we'll see if they turn it around and God bless Kevin Stefanski. I'm really laughing at this. He comes to the podium on Wednesday to start his regular availability. And looks at us with a straight face and says, well, guys, it's Lions week. Oh, well, I mean, Kevin, I mean, what gets you more excited than Lions week, right? Um, look, the Browns need to win a game. And it is a gift from the football gods that the Lions are coming here that Jared Goff might not play. Um, the Browns plan to play Baker Mayfield. Baker came to his interview. He limped. Um, he's on the injury report with shoulder, foot, and knee injuries. He was going to be back on the practice field Thursday with the plan being that he would play on Sunday. Um, you have questions, and so do I. Is an injured Baker Mayfield better than Case Keenum at this point? I mean, have you seen Baker Mayfield play? <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> it's it's terrible. Um, Kevin Stefanski says that he is. The Browns say that they're going to roll with this guy. So um, here here they come. Now, as we record this Thursday afternoon, just about seventy two hours. From kickoff, Nick Chubb remains on the COVID list. If he's asymptomatic and can pass tests, he'll be back. What will his conditioning level be? Will that happen? I don't know, guys. This is uh, information that the team is not obligated to share. They follow the protocols, and trust me, they want Nick Chubb back. And trust me, Nick Chubb could run for 200 yards, and that would be a great way. Uh, The Browns don't have any receivers, and that's an – overarching statement and that's also a fact Jarvis Landry battling through a knee injury clearly not the same guy Donovan Peoples-Jones on the exercise bike at the start of Thursday's practice with what apparently is an aggravation of his groin injury Rashard Higgins hasn't been playing at all Um, now he looks like a starter Anthony Schwartz with a concussion we'll see on that Uh, he's not ready to play a full-time role in the NFL so you know they haven't done any favors for Baker for anyone um, I wrote on Thursday a, a list of what's gone wrong from coaching to injuries to third down misses, um, you know, missed tackles, communication issues. The Browns are reeling. Uh, they're still in it. They still have good players. They would love to get a bunch of those good players back. They would settle for Nick Chubb right, right now and, and run the ball and beat the Detroit Lions who are probably going to have to play a guy by the name of Tim Boyle, a quarterback. Um, they're going to go big on offense with extra tight ends and tackles and all of that stuff. They're going to run it. So the Browns are going to have to play Mac Wilson and Sione Takitaki. Um, the defensive tackles are going to have to produce, but, but the Browns should win. Um, Tim Boyle is Tim Boyle. Um, the, the Lions, DeAndre Swift's a good running back and TJ Hawkinson is a good tight end. And that's always a concern, uh, against the Browns, obviously. Um, but the Browns should be able to line up and, and run it, whether it's Deernest or, or, um, you know, no matter who it is, and then we'll see. We'll see if they can and can get healthy mentally and physically and, and go win a game in um, in Baltimore next week and, and get back in this thing. So it's been a hell of a month. It's been a hell of a six weeks or so. Um, you know, the injuries mounting just on the quarterback's body, right? Questions mounting um, about the quarterback, and no one says it's all his fault. But he's played two of the worst games that an NFL quarterback can play. Um, the defense was phenomenal in Cincinnati, and we we all saw the New England game, right? And New England's defenders knew the pass routes and beat the Browns there almost every time, and then David Njoku dropped it. So it hasn't been good. Um, the Browns just need to power it. They need to keep it simple. They need to keep it straight ahead, and we'll go. As for bigger picture questions and all of this stuff, I mean, yeah, this is – all, you know, worth asking, um, specifically with the injury and with Case Keenum and is the best quarterback right now playing. You know, Baker can't get out of the pocket and he can't see when he's in the pocket. Um, if you can't pass the ball in suburban high school football, you can't win. So it's really tough in the NFL. Um, you know, I do expect a more focused bounce-back effort. I expect some creativity and some energy from the offense. They certainly don't want to play but from behind. The Lions had 140-some, 130-some plays last week in overtime in a tie, a 16-16 tie with the Steelers. Uh the Lions had a chance to win it on, a, I believe, a 47-yard field goal that missed badly. Uh, in a few minutes, I'll bring on my colleague Chris Burke, and we'll talk about the Lions and covering a winless team and all of that, but... Um, you know, going all the way back, obviously, you circled this one as a is a big game that the Browns can win at home and get everybody fired up. We didn't know, you know, what the state of affairs would be when it when it came around. But this is the last game that's not against another playoff contender. And at 5 and 5, to have any shot, you got to really only you can only lose one more time. It's just how it is. If it's going to take 11 wins to be a wild card. You're probably more likely looking at having to win the division to get in. And we'll see. That's doable too. I mean, you know, while the Browns were getting run off the field in New England last week, and the Steelers were tying the Lions, and the Ravens had already lost in Miami. Um, the Ravens can't run the ball. The pass defense is getting gashed, and they're awful at the offensive tackle position. And that's not a good when you play the Cleveland Browns. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, you know, I just I, – I, I question everything about the Browns right now from, from the coaching to the maturity to the quarterback to the game plan around the quarterback Wednesday to Saturday, Sunday 1 to 4. Um, will guys catch passes? Can guys get open? And what in the hell is going on with the defense? So, T.J. Hawkinson, uh, the Lions tight end, as I mentioned, he had zero catches last week. If he sets the all-time record this week, that won't be a surprise – um, when when we talk to Chris Burke, we'll ask him about who Tim Boyle is and what he brings. Um, I know Jamal Williams, the second back from the Lions, has been missing. He may or may not be back from injury, but they're going to run the wheels off DeAndre Swift. Um, weather is is in the forecast: rain and nasty wind. You know, basically late November in Cleveland. I don't think like a blizzard is coming, but um, we know the stadium has produced its own weather events from time to time. So we'll see. I, I think. It's an under. I think it's an absolute grinder. I don't think the Lions will be able to do much of anything outside of their early game script. So I look for a focused, motivated effort. If the Browns force any turnovers at all um, or put them in any must-pass situations, they'll win. I'm going to pick Browns 24, Lions 10. Um, Everybody can go out feeling great, and we'll see. Um, If if you win, you're right in it, and you go next week and play on national TV with the chance to – Put yourself back in a mix of everything. So, um, you know, I think the Browns are finishing up practice as we finish up this podcast. They they can't afford to look past the next play and practice <laughs> because they came out last Sunday and looked like they didn't practice. We all know that. Been over that again. Read, uh, listen. Thank you guys for reading, subscribing, sticking with us. Send your hashtag asking Jackson questions at any time. Um, I don't know exactly what the written content schedule is going to be with the holiday and the big game. A lot of that will depend on Sunday. We'll be back with another podcast, um, as Jason Lloyd and I, as we do on Sunday. Um, that's all I got for rambles. I mean, it's the Lions. It's Lions week, as, as Coach Stefanski said. So let's bring in Chris Burke. Let me uh, press the right buttons, bring in him. And we'll get to it here, talking about Sunday's big, in big quotes, game at First Energy Stadium. All right, as promised, we go to sunny Detroit, bring in my compadre, Chris Burke. He's covered the league in the Lions for a long time. Uh, that means you've seen some stuff, Chris. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you're you seeing this all up close. Um, is this Lions team going to win a game? We'll start with an easy one.
0: I, I think so. I still think they'll win a couple at some point here. I mean, you sort of saw the Pittsburgh game. Like, they're still playing pretty hard. The defense is hanging in there most weeks. They just – I don't know. I feel like they're going to get someone you know, down the stretch here. Maybe it takes the Packers resting people or you know, getting the Falcons the day after Christmas and just catching them napping. I think they're going to get at least one or two, but that's probably the ceiling at this point. <laughs> they haven't really been able to score or to close out games, so that makes it tough.
1: Yeah, so we are a little short of 72 hours as we record this. Um, I see from the Twitter machine that Jared Goff is not practicing again today. Should we assume that Jared Goff will be out on Sunday or do you believe that he'll be in? I think it's
0: probably headed towards him being out. I mean, I think he's going to try to test it out probably tomorrow on Friday and then uh, just see where it's at this weekend. But I mean, he's, he said it's a strained oblique, which I mean, you know, I, I don't know exactly how it affects quarterbacks. It, It sounds like it's a problem for him to throw the ball, but you know, that's a, Like in baseball, a strained oblique puts you on the DL for like a month. So I'm thinking this is not a three-day injury. And, uh, you know, he sounded 50-50 at best on Wednesday. It was one of those things where it was like, well, I'm going to just rest and hope it improves. There's not really any way to speed along the process. So I think we're probably looking at uh, a Tim Boyle start, which – if that, I mean, people here are pretty excited about that prospect. If that gives you any idea where things are at right now,
1: <laughs> yeah. tell us about Tim Boyle. Tell us about something <laughs> about Tim Boyle that we don't know, which is mostly everything.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, he's uh, never started an NFL game for one. So, um, you know, they were really excited to get him from Green Bay. He's got, he's, he's one of those guys that, you know, he's that gunslinger type of guy. He's got a really interesting arm he can hit you know which that's why people are excited about him because golf is pretty much you know living like three to four yard passes Boyle's gonna turn it loose a little bit and that's you know he'll make some mistakes and uh he'll uh he'll throw some touchdowns you know when he, he was a Connecticut transfer and then went to Eastern Kentucky and at Connecticut he threw uh one career touchdown to 13 interceptions so that's sort of the downside like he's gonna He's going to try and do some stuff he probably shouldn't do, but he also might hit one or two, which would be different for this team as well. So I don't know. I have no idea what you're going to get.
1: <laughs> um, Here on Wednesday, Stefanski made it seem like they, the Lions came out of the bye week last week with you know extra tight – linemen, extra tight ends, linemen playing tight end, just buttoning it up and running it straight ahead. So even if we don't get the weather um, that's, that's at least partially in the forecast here this far out, uh, should that be what we expect?
0: I would think so. I mean, they uh, they did They use – well, I got uh, Taylor Decker back um, last week at left tackle, which was the big reason they were able to do that because then Penae Sewell went back to right tackle, and Matt Nelson, who'd been starting at right tackle, was then their extra guy that they used to really establish the run. Uh, I think they'd like to keep doing that. N- Nelson got banged up in that game. I don't know if he's going to play Decker mispractice Thursday, so I don't know if he's going to play. I mean – So, this is, as has been the case all year, it's sort of a day to day thing with this team. But ideally, that's, I would guess you're probably going to get that. Again, Tim Boyle could change that a little bit because I think he opens up more of their vertical passing attack. I think he probably will be better, you know, sort of stretching the field off play action. So, that gives them some stuff they haven't had so far this year. But I think in general, what happened last week is how they'd like to win games most weeks, which is just to kind of kick people in the teeth for like 60 minutes and and hope it works looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right
1: It didn't feel like a loss because they had enough of those. (laughs) I I don't know that it. I
0: think if they'd had a win already, it might have felt more like a win because it was, you know, it was in Pittsburgh. It's a it's a team that's fighting for the playoffs. It was tough conditions, but the fact that they didn't get the win, their first win, and that they the tie came the way that it did, where they had a you know a forty seven forty eight yard field goal to win it in overtime that. Uh, I've told people it's probably the worst kick I've seen in an NFL game. Uh, <laughs> so that made it feel a little more like a loss. But I don't know. Uh, you know, Dan Campbell described it as like a twilight zone. I think that's sort of what it was. It was just, you, you know, you avoid going 0-17 now, but you still don't have a, a win yet. So it's yeah. hard to feel too good about it.
1: Well, it was only four years ago I was covering one of these. Um <laughs> You know, I didn't pick that Browns team to go 0-16 because it's not supposed to happen, right? right. That, that's probably the only reason. But it was right in midseason, uh, probably a month before where we are now, and they went to London. And they just, in the second half, could not do anything or stop anyone. And Hugh Jackson teed off on, um, you know, the front office afterwards. And I just thought, well, they're they're not going to win a game right then and there. But, but you said you feel like this Lions team is going to win at least one.
0: Yeah, well, of course, we have experience with 0-16 (laughs) here, too. Uh, And it's sort of – you know, I know every year is different. You can't really compare across the board like that. But this – even just thinking back to the Lions team, like I think this team compared to last year, other than at quarterback, I think they're playing a lot harder. I think the defense has been a lot more competitive. And they don't feel – like thinking back on 0-16 here was 2008, so it's been a while. But they don't – this team doesn't feel – historically bad to me like that one did that one was sort of the same way it got to like certainly by thanksgiving but you know early november late october and and you were like this is going to take a miracle for them to get one this year and i still think this lions team has been in enough games they're still playing hard the defense is really piecing things together that like, and the run game has been good. So if you get anything from your quarterback, I think you can win one and, and they haven't really done that yet. But I, I think some point between now and the end of the year, they'll get someone. I don't know when, but they'll get someone.
1: All right. So, you know, admittedly, I haven't done a ton of Lions study. And um, That's,
0: you shouldn't. That's I was fair. <laughs> working on something
1: else here uh, before we got on, but I did make a couple of notes. So this is not a question. This is just an open-ended thing I want to throw to you. Um, Baker Mayfield's stats and Jared Goff's stats look the same. So stats don't tell the story. But when I tell you that, what what comes to your mind?
0: Uh, that Baker Mayfield's not playing super well right now. <laughs> I mean, he's hurt though too, right? Like, he's, yeah. he's not that. He's uh, on the injury report with
1: not one, not yeah. two,
0: but three injuries, and the team still yeah.
1: insists that he's going to play on Sunday.
0: It's. I mean, I think Goff's. Goff's numbers are a little hard to unpack because he has a lot of weeks. He's done a pretty good job taking care of the football. Um, and I, they've, you know, he's got, he's on pace to have more passing yards this year than he did last year. And the thing is that probably like 75% of those yards have come after the catch on balls. He's thrown like two yards. So, you know, you look at the stats and you, you know, it, Again, it doesn't look like if you just looked at the stats and didn't know anything about Jared Goff and had never, hadn't watched any Lions games, you'd say, All right, well, he's not playing great, but that's not the reason you're losing. And then you go to these games, and they, you know, that Pittsburgh game, they basically admitted, especially because it started raining and they said, Well, we just can't throw the ball. And that was it for the game. They didn't throw the ball. So <laughs> that's where they're at. You know, they're basically that. I mean, that's the type of team they are right now. They have no confidence. And Jared Goff to really move the ball through the air. So,
1: yeah, sounds familiar. <laughs> um, you know what is what is the urgency level for this team to get the number one pick, and what would they do with it if they did?
0: Well, that's the other factor at play here. That like the tie last week wasn't great, but Houston also just complete garbage this year. So if you win one or two, you're probably picking second instead of first, and so yeah. that's sort of the the problem uh, underlying all this, but um, I mean, I think they really, obviously they could use it certainly. And and I think that they're also the other thing that's sort of happening now is you're seeing the Rams stumble a little bit. So every Rams loss helps them because they have that first round pick. And at one point they were looking at having, you know, one in 32, and maybe you still end up with that, but I think it's also possible you end up with one in like 21 and that's a lot better. So um, if they get the first, I mean, I think it'd be at the moment, I think it'd be Thibodeau. Um, they just need Dan Campbell said, you know, the, he wants this, this team, I mentioned the run game, but he said repeatedly, he wants the identity of this team to be defense. They've talked about needing some more guys to be disruptive up front. And especially with Romeo Okora out for the year, they just don't have anyone. And so to get that type of game changing edge presence up, up front would be huge for them. Uh, especially because it's a year where quarterback looks like it's going to be such a crapshoot. So. Right.
1: Well, we've talked quarterbacks and we've talked coaches and we've talked franchise uh, stability, uh, but let's get to something important, Chris, before we get out of here. Why in the world don't these teams play in the preseason for that barge? <laughs> I was waiting for you to ask about that. <laughs> you knew. <laughs>
0: Uh, I remember, I don't know at what point it was in the uh, athletic Detroit history, but I know we had uh, Ty Schalter, who uh, does some work for, you know, he's done stuff for for Ringer and and some other spots, uh, did a story about just even where the thing is, that trophy is, and no one really (laughs) would even admit to, like, knowing the location of the physical thing, let alone wanting to play for it. But, I I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's... Beyond the trophy it's it just seems like it's like a 2 hour drive it seems like right. it makes so much sense to do it in the preseason that trophy <laughs> is man I, I don't know that's got to be one of the worst trophies in sports <laughs> sure. right that thing is monstrosity i
1: mean it was Carmen Policy and Matt Millen that put that together so i mean that's a bygone era
0: was, um, that's probably why they don't do it anymore anything yeah. related to Matt Millen but, uh, you know it just it. makes
1: sense right the nfl like I mean, come on. The Browns flew to Atlanta and Jacksonville for the preseason games, right? Like, right. what's going on? And I know, you know, you used to schedule your own games. Um, I think teams work together still in a way because they want to do joint practices and they want to play teams that play different defensive fronts and coaches are friends and all that. But, like, why couldn't it work out? Like, what, what, what is the holdup, right? It's just – it's amazing. I, I would be
0: happy to have it back. And, again, even just for – selfishly, just for the travel aspect of it. I mean, this year was pretty easy for the Lions. They did two home games, and then they went to Pittsburgh. So, uh, that was – See, but then they went to bad, Pittsburgh in the regular
1: Oakland, season, too. Yeah, like, it right. just, it just <laughs> right. makes no
0: sense. But they yeah. had an Oakland game, Oakland preseason. They had a <laughs> – you know, they were out uh, – I forget where they were. They, they've done a couple of those West Coast ones that, yeah. yeah. They, I think they did joint practice once, so at least you – get something out of it there. But otherwise, yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to be packing those in, in the preseason.
1: All right. So we'll get you out of here on this, Chris. Um, you know, I think the Browns will bounce back. They need to get well game. I think they will deliver it. What it means going forward. I don't know, but if the lions show up with a big effort, um, if I'm wrong, you know what does that look like what What goes well for the Lions w- when they put together a winning or I guess tying um, formula?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the thing for them is that all year whenever they've had these close calls, the next game has been just a nightmare for them, so if it follows that pattern, this one could get out of hand pretty early. I, I think if it if it's close, it'll look like that Steelers game did uh, you know where they're uh I think they're they play. They blitz a decent amount on defense, but a lot of it is pretty conservative. They don't want to get beat over the top. They want to make you, if you're going to run, they feel pretty confident. I think in their defensive front still to sort of hang in there against the run. So it's it be it's kind of those you know just slugfest type games where uh, they're using their run game. It'd be a lot. It'll be a lot of DeAndre Swift, and if Jamal Williams plays, it'll be a lot of those two guys together because they're both pretty physical. They both can go north and south or east and west and they'll really lean on them um, and, and yeah I mean I think it's just sort of a grinded out thing they haven't scored over 20 points since the first week of the season wow. um, and and we Tim Boyle again maybe if he hits one long pass there's going to be a legitimate quarterback controversy here but he might throw seven interceptions we have no idea so uh, I, I don't know that you can even game plan for what He's going to bring to the table so i, I think it just be it'd have to be like that pittsburgh game like they get to the fourth quarter they have the ball it's 17 14 at the end like that's the type of game you're looking at all
1: right so i lied so one more because you just made me think of something um you know it's not going to be golf next year or it shouldn't be right like where are they going at quarterback? Um, You know, there's not one right now that we think deserves to be taken at number one or number two or number three in the draft if they would accidentally, you know, win a game. Um, Would they chase someone and be in win-now mode? You know, where do you think it goes there? And and I'm asking, obviously, because it looks like a really crowded market, and I think chances are the Browns won't be in it, but, you know, a lot of teams are going to at least explore their options. So I'm curious as as to where the Lions would go if they decide – the golf isn't the answer or if golf continues to make that decision for them.
0: Well, I, I think that that's been the most frustrating part of this season because they traded for him and then they gave him a contract extension and everything that they said and did all preseason sort of pointed to them just using golf for two years, trying to get through this. They knew it was going to be bad this year. They knew it was probably getting rough next year. Just get them through two years so they could figure out what they're going to do at quarterback. And now, you know, you're 10, nine games into the first year and it, Doesn't look like he can keep going. But I don't think they can chase anyone big because they still have to pay him a ton of money next year, and you're not going to be able to move him again. So uh, that's another one of the reasons why this Tim Boyle starts kind of interesting because if he comes in and outplays golf, you're paying them both anyway. I mean, I guess you could re-sign Boyle and let him go. Or I think the other option is maybe they don't get, uh, you know, a – a superstar, maybe you don't get a Trevor Lawrence, but there are some guys in this draft that I think would be interesting either as you just live with golf for another year, let him develop, or you bring in someone like, you know, I I think like a Sam Howell probably would compete for the job, but like Kenny Pickett, an experienced guy that you probably could plug and play and just cross your fingers that it's all right. Uh, I think they have to draft someone just to have something in that room. That's different. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how they get away from golf, but I also don't know how you start <laughs> for 16 more games next year. Right. Right.
1: Um, do you ever see John Dorsey? Uh,
0: he pops out to practice every once in a while. I've seen him sitting on the benches watching pregames, uh, before, but he hasn't done. I've asked a few times to talk to him just cause I'm so curious about his role. Uh, and we haven't gotten any access with him. I mean, I, I think it's, i don't know you think he's here like what's your do you think he no wants to i, I believe here? that he lives in cleveland but I mean, I mean i mean like but like do you think he would hang around in detroit uh, like on the staff for like two or three years and see if it works for brad holmes and then if it doesn't he swoops in as the gm or
1: yeah no i think he's probably out of gm chances right because a lot of these guys don't even get a number two and he did right um right. no i don't know you know he's he's an older guy but he's certainly not at the end of his career um And the man knows football. The man knows what football looks like. (laughs) He's clearly made some mistakes. And uh, over the last month here, I think people look on him differently with with the Odell Beckham thing and and Baker thing heading a certain way. But there's no doubt that he came in and took this awful franchise and said, we're going to add some talent, and he did that. Um, Now, to my knowledge, at least as of last summer, he was still living in Cleveland, Chris. So now you could – you know, he could have a second place or you could go for a couple of days or even one day. Um, we, we've done that, right? But I just, I didn't know because, you know, he he was pretty open with us when he was the GM um, in terms of, of being available and stuff, but we never like knew him, knew him. And then like everyone else here, of course, you get to that point where you might and then he's gone, right? So Right, right, yeah. Been down that road a few times.
0: I mean, I think they are, I will say they, they were extremely, extremely happy, to get him and add him to the staff for, I think the reason you mentioned that Brad Holmes is his first time, but Dorsey's done this and done this for a team that's started off not being very good. So I think that they are really have leaned on him quite a bit uh, through this process. And if he sticks around for another year or two, I'm sure they'd be thrilled to have him because uh, any Brad Holmes is all about having as many uh, people in that room that uh, know what they're talking about as possible. And obviously Dorsey, like you said, he has some experience doing this before. So.
1: All right. Well, we've both uh, been there. Um, you're going to get out of this hole you have to draft well. You, you just have right. to. Um, you're going to get some changers, changers of games and culture in that draft. All right. His name is Chris Burke. Uh, we appreciate his time. We appreciate you guys for listening and reading. As always, this has been Civilized Parking. Our next edition will post on Sunday evening. After the game, uh, browns lions possibly in some bad weather one o'clock first energy stadium we know you'll be watching talk to you after that game